Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hi, I'm Tia. The upstairs-downstairs neighbor dynamic is so special. We have our own language. Like when I scream at my mom on the phone, the people downstairs bang on the ceiling to show their support. The nighttime's the best time to rearrange furniture. I call it midnight feng shui. And if I sleep through my alarm in the morning, they bang on my door to wake me. So thoughtful. Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Kunal, how's it going? Hi, Mithila. Hi, everyone. It's actually been a bit busy, if I may be honest. And this, I say this despite there being no Formula One Grand Prix since like December last year. You know, one would have imagined that no races would have meant lesser topics to discuss, but it's been the exact opposite for us. I know, right? It feels like every time we sit down to discuss uh, and record an episode, we're literally going past, what, 25 minutes on every podcast? Yes. And we have to, like, literally stop talking. Like, okay, that's it for this yes, episode. Yes, because that's what we want our episode durations to be. And in this week's episode, we will talk about everything that Formula One could do in the 2020 Formula One season. We actually talk about all the experiments that the sport could conduct, you know, with the formats, the schedules, even the circuits. Yeah, and by the way, guys, the first nine races of the 2020 Formula One season have been cancelled. The latest casualty has been the Canadian Grand Prix. I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. So, guys, in this episode, I really want to discuss how Formula One needs to think differently for 2020. I know there are already talks of TV-only races with no spectators. But guys, it's not as easy as just hosting a race and then not selling tickets to the event. True. And then we finally bring you up to pace with all that's been happening around the 2021 Formula 1 season and the discussions around the budget cap. Awesome. And while you make this all serious, like you always do, Kunal, I'm going to have a go at making a list of, you know, the four teams that Zach Brown thinks Formula One might lose this season. So you have to help me with that list. Definitely. Awesome. So guys, remember to subscribe to us. Uh, There's a link in the episode description or you can just search for us where the Inside Line Formula One podcast, we're on all the main podcasting apps and platforms that you could possibly choose to use. And before we start this episode, I'd like to thank Nilesh for his five-star review of our show on Apple Podcasts. Nilesh wrote that he loves that we are on all through the off-season. And guys, I must tell you that we love challenging our creativity to keep entertaining you guys week after week in this long, uh, really long forced off-season. Yeah, I like how you say it. Forced off-season, it feels like that. And guys, this is actually our 13th episode of the year. And, you know, we must share with you. So we have like this Google document. Uh, We make it at the start of each week. And, you know, through the week, we keep recording our observations and thoughts and ideas for the podcast. And then when we actually sit down to record, that becomes like this treasure trove of ideas. And, you know, what they're going to discuss. And that's, I must say, that's like about 320 documents in the cloud, I'm pretty sure. 
if any one of you can you know wants access to those documents you can pay us some bits for it <laughs> <laughs> what we're trying to say is that our key usp on the inside line formula 1 podcast is our research and that's not going to go away anytime soon yes i'd also like to thank amir for his review even though it was just a one star rating that he put oh, up oh come on amir <laughs> yes and uh, he said that he didn't like the fact that we have only opinions on our show i was a little surprised to read yeah, that yeah i i think we're quite opinionated and i guess kunal sometimes we get listeners who don't quite like the opinions we share on our show or they don't like that we're so opinionated overall but they are well researched i must yeah, say yeah, i mean good opinions. i'm not defending ourselves <laughs> but uh yeah i don't think we need to defend ourselves or you know just the fact that we're taking a very alternate approach to talking about formula 1 compared to other podcasts I mean we've got thousands of listeners who love the fact that we talk about facts and we have plenty of opinions. Right, so the first fact of this episode is that the 2020 Canadian Grand Prix has been postponed. That's the ninth race of the season that has been either cancelled or postponed and also Formula 1 has extended the shutdown period by another two whole weeks. And guys the situation is ever changing given the whole you know pandemic that we are going through right now and for all you know by the time we hit the 20th minute of this episode the situation might have just changed again Kunal it literally feels like race cancellations are the new normal in formula 1 Uh, in fact the race uh, next in line is the French Grand Prix. I mean the race that hasn't been cancelled yet. It's been scheduled for the 28th of June. Uh now it appears that uh, so you guys remember Eric Bollier he's the former McLaren guy and he actually now manages the Paul Ricard circuit and he told Chris Medlin that the decision on the French Grand Prix could come as late as the 20th of June basically just a few days before the actual race happens Actually yeah you know because teams will start coming in a week before the race to set up and so on and then we know how Thursday is when the official sessions begin right and I I personally think it's an incredible turnaround time and uh, uh, I also believe that this is probably one of those benefits of having permanent race circuits you know I mean I love street circuits but this is one big benefit of a permanent race circuit like that track and the facilities are already there and that allows them such, such quick turnaround times and um, you know i also think that 2020 could offer the french grand prix some massive resurrection in the world of formula 1 right <laughs> because in 2019 the french grand prix was without a doubt the most boring race of the season or you know possibly the most boring race since a long long time but hey 2020 could see that the French Grand Prix may just be the opening round of the season. I never thought what, this day would come. What know? an unexpected promotion. Yeah, like where all of us would be looking forward eagerly to to the French Grand Prix like of all races. <laughs> uh but the opening round could also be Austria or then the Silverstone. So at this moment if the virus spread is contained over the next few weeks, we may hear an announcement. And Kunal for the record so Helmut Marko has been pushing for Austria and he actually said that the circuit can be unlocked overnight. Yes, I remember he used the word unlocked and I think that's uh, that's an after effect of you know watching Max Verstappen race in video games that have <laughs> career modes you know where to get to the next uh, circuit or to to, ha- to get a faster car you need to perform better and keep unlocking levels so uh-huh. crazy but that's i don't mind austria i think that's a fantastic venue as well i agree and in fact marco said that austria could host a double header if required uh, because the circuit has an a strip nearby and that could facilitate you know 
controlled movements and so on to the circuit. Yeah, and there was talks that even Silverstone could host like two races. It could be the opening round, like you said as well. And uh, Silverstone, they said, you know, if there are two races, we could actually race clockwise and counterclockwise. I like right? that idea. Yeah. And uh, personally, I think Silverstone would also be a little more easier to plan for, for Formula One, because seven out of the 10 teams are based in the UK. So there would be a massive ease of movement. They don't need to cross borders, so to say, apart from, uh, you know, a lot of the drivers, I would assume. But uh, I think that's what we are going to do in this episode. We're going to like throw our hat in the ring to discuss Grand Prix experiments that Formula One could run in 2020. And, you know, what I mean by experiments is like this whole clockwise and counterclockwise, you know, suggestion that's come. That's an experiment that's come not from Formula One, but from a lot of observers and commentators. Yeah, uh, I think if, if I had to suggest something, I would love for Formula One to host a quadruple header. Uh, We spoke about it in the episode last week, Kunal, and I know that, you know, in terms of logistics, it's going to be incredibly challenging. But I also think that Formula One will never have a better chance to do it than right now. Yeah, I can only imagine working four straight Saturdays and Sundays. I don't mind it, you know, (laughs) at least at the moment. I haven't worked a Grand Prix weekend since like December last year. It feels like an awfully long time ago. And in fact, you know, speaking of the quadruple header, we already know that Formula One is working to condense the number of days for a Grand Prix weekend. Uh, From this year itself, actually, maybe cut it down from like four days to three days. Yeah, I mean, you know, a weekend in Formula One terms is four days. Everything is excessive in Formula One, as is the number of days in a weekend. (laughs) And uh, that's from Thursday to Sunday. Thursday is when the official media sessions happen. And then Sundays is when the cars go racing. And, you know, personally, if I was Formula One, I would love to try a non-Sunday racing day as well. Like, I know tradition has always been that Sundays are for race day. But could we actually have the race on, say, a Saturday Or could, uh, you know, Saturday races even bring uh, more viewers? I really think that you're on your own on this experiment. Because for me, it literally feels like Sunday Formula One is like sacrosanct. But okay. Okay, I'm going to take it a step further. What about a non-weekend race? Like, could we do a Wednesday evening race? And could that bring in more eyeballs than, say, a weekend? Like, you know, for example, football and several other sports have a format of non-weekend, uh, you know, uh, races or yeah. matches. Kunal, I'm just going to stop you right there because that's enough and you're taking our airtime for granted and our viewers <laughs> are not going to be happy with any of these suggestions. You know, they love me, I must tell you, <laughs> and they love my opinions at least. <laughs> we will see. Maybe the next one-star rating will be Kunal is uh, suggesting very strange experiments. Anyway, the uh, Shanghai International Circuit opens up in June And can you believe it, Kunal, what an irony it would be if the Chinese Grand Prix is the opening round in this season? Well, I I don't mind that, honestly. Again, a lot of things will be upon travel bans and restrictions. But let's put it this way, you know, while uh, Formula One and us are cooking up what the next race could be, uh, even if things get back to normal, countries might still have travel restrictions in place. And uh, like, what if Formula One personnel from Italy aren't allowed entry or have to be in isolation for several days after entry and so on, right? True. And in fact, this is exactly what the CEO of Dorna said. His name is Carmelo Espeleta. And guys, Dorna is to MotoGP what Liberty Media is to Formula One, because I know a lot of y'all don't follow MotoGP. And I know that Dorna is always slightly like half a step, maybe one step ahead of Formula One. 
at least that's what i feel but i know a lot of you get pissed when we speak about moto gp on our show uh but honestly at this moment all we are trying to see is if there are learnings that we could get from them on you know how they are handling their missed season because they're not having single grand they've not had a single grand prix as well exactly season. and uh, chase carry is attempting to have what 15 16 races in 2020 uh whereas moto gp they may be only with like four or five races in 2020 and uh, in fact the moto gp boss said that 20 uh, uh sorry to have 10 races in the 2020 season would be a dream that would be a dream for yeah, all of us yeah, right yeah. 10 moto gp 10 in formula 1 that's still 20 races to cheer for i, I, I don't could, think that's I too bad i could settle for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also kunal now we're going to come to my favorite topic for this episode MotoGP might be exploring fan-less races, basically races for television only. You know, I think that would be a brilliant in-between solution for most concerned, and uh, I say most concerned because while Formula One will finally host a race and you know make the money that comes with it, it's the race promoters that uh, won't be able to earn money, say, from selling tickets or other local. services like hospitality and merchandise stores and fan zones and so on right and uh, this is where i believe liberty media will have to change their approach you know instead of uh, being the rights holder they might have to think of themselves as the race host or a race promoter uh, liberty media could actually pay this difference in amount you know to the circuit owners or local promoters and true i mean yeah, yeah. that could be one way and i assume that this number would be you know much lesser than the overall revenue that formula 1 would make from hosting a race yep so it would be economically yeah because viable. the minute you host a race you're all, you're unlocking all the broadcasting revenues unlocking that, quote yes. unquote <laughs> <laughs> in fact uh, i read that race promoters are already talking of reducing race hosting fees for 2020 I mean, you know, in the end everyone just wants to host races whether it's Liberty Media or the teams or the race promoters and uh, I also feel that after the virus I'm pretty sure that it's not the financial maths that's going to hold us back from hosting races. Everyone will figure what it's going to cost them and how much they could make from those races. That's what the reality is going to be. True. And uh And if I could go back in time we actually you know discussed this very uh, uh episode or this very situation uh the very week that the Chinese Grand Prix was cancelled you know we asked the question if Liberty Media could become a race promoter themselves And guys that was an excellent podcast so if you all haven't heard it please go back and tune in but Kunal I must say that you know whichever sport uh, is able to air a live event first They're going to be in a great place to benefit because you know you'd attract not just the regular viewers, but I guess a lot of new viewers out of boredom. Absolutely, curiosity. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, the whole world is lacking live sport in their lives, and that's the truth, right? So let's see who actually gives the world the first live sport after the whole virus scare. I mean, this is of course keeping the fact that there will be safety measures in place and the right permissions taken and so on, right? And uh, okay, final few points on what's being discussed around 2020. Jacques Villeneuve has suggested cancelling the 2020 season and instead focusing on a 2020-2021 super season. Or he said that you know Formula One could host just Grand Slam Grand Prix 
in 2020 like they do in the world of tennis. I love how there are these personalities in the sport, you know, who always have an opinion. And another like one, us. yeah, like, like us, <laughs> us, Jacques Wilner, Bernie Ecclestone for that matter. He has also suggested cancelling the season, uh, like we discussed in our episode last week. No, we didn't discuss that we should cancel the season. We just discussed that Bernie Ecclestone yeah, said that. <laughs> my, my memory Before failing. you guys hate us a little too much. <laughs> and uh, Bernie actually said that a short season could work to Hamilton's advantage uh, because he could just win everything. Yeah, but well, on the other hand, Nico Rosberg said that a short season could actually work to Max Verstappen's advantage. You know, in my view, both statements prove just one thing. That neither Eccleston nor Rosberg know what they're talking about <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> they're just talking because people are listening. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's crazy. I mean, you never know who it works in favour of. It could work in favour of Charles Leclerc for all we know, you know. I agree. Uh, no one knows enough to just, say anything with the assurance. Yeah. But Kunal, before we move on to talking about 2021, do you have any more like final points on 2020? Yes, uh, Williams, McLaren and even Formula One have announced temporary layoffs for their staff and pay cuts for senior management and the drivers and so on. So it's it's all happening as we speak. Teams are trying to save their businesses like they should. I believe that the pay cut for drivers is around 20%. Yes, which also means that your pay cut and my pay cut for the Inside Line F1 podcast is also at a minimum 20% <laughs> for all episodes going forward. Although I hope that the listenership grows 20% because I that's do, what right? we would I do, hope don't want for, to right? cut there. But yeah, Kunal, you're still to pay me even a single penny for being on this episode so like I always say 20% pay cut of zero is still zero <laughs> <laughs> but I really wonder what is Nicholas Latifi's uh, situation in all of this right because uh, if there's a pay cut does that mean that he's actually paying 20% less to Williams because that could be <laughs> you know the benefit of being a paid driver suddenly you're, you're like hey the team is not racing and there are pay cuts everywhere can I just pay like 20% less than the few millions I've been giving you. I would love to ask him that question. But you know what, Kunal? I'm actually loving all the younger drivers, you know, playing the virtual Grand Prix. And I must admit that their entire banter over Twitch, that's actually more interesting than the racing itself. I agree. I mean, I, I've been tuning into Lando's Twitch uh, and even to Charles's Twitch uh, account rather than going into the official game feed account right and uh, it's so great that their years of racing together the the friendships they've forged and and the and the experiences and episodes they've shared it sort of just keeps coming out on these twitch feeds and uh, all formula one should do is just put them in a room put a mic and say guys make a podcast you know it's <laughs> going to be more fun than the virtual grand prix i agree okay Kunal, let's move on to 2021 because you know even though we've not had a single race in 2020 there's already so much being discussed for 2021 like for starters a lower budget gap is being uh, debated so McLaren wants to reduce, uh, you know, $200 million per year. But then Ferrari and Red Bull Racing, they want it to be at $175 million. And I am told that even a $150 million figure is under discussion. Yes, those are the three figures, 100, 150 and 175 The sticky point here is, you know, the differentiation in costs for, say, a manufacturer team like Ferrari and a customer team like, say, Haas, right? So Ferrari are right in saying that they actually spend more money on R&D, not just for themselves, also for their customers. So, you know, if Ferrari spends $30 million on uh, R&D in a season, Haas is actually not spending that $30 million, which is towards the budget cap. And this is where 
Ferrari is worried that you know uh, the customer team could actually use that extra money to sort of get more competitive, right? But you know, eventually, whatever number they agree on, I'm just glad that the difference that they're debating is only like twenty five million dollars and not you know a hundred million dollars, which Formula One is capable of, sure. right? I mean, it's a small figure basis the standards Formula One has set like in the past decade or so. Yeah, I like how you say only $25 million, Kunal. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, Red Bull Racing proposed that the 2021 rules should be deferred to 2023 instead of the previously agreed 2021, of course. But this idea was shot down and I can see why. Yeah, I mean, uh, 2021, 2022, one year, year and there is fine. I'd love to see the rules come in as sooner uh, as possible exactly right i am literally waiting for the new formula one uh, formula one rules or the new formula formula one to kick in and just deliver what it's long promised closer racing and more competition across the grid lawrence stroll has confirmed that aston martin will enter formula one in 2021 so basically racing point is going to be rebranded uh, like we keep saying all the time lawrence stroll is paying millions of dollars to uh, you know, make sure that we don't answer that one question that we all in, have in our minds. Is Lance Stroll up to being a works Formula One team driver? Now that's literally the million dollar question. Which he's paying millions to not answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, this is very interesting. So Zach Brown has uh, issued this very uh, ominous statement that four teams could leave Formula One if the sport doesn't find a way out this season in the context of, you know, the economic impact of the virus. He was very clever and he didn't mention any teams. But, you know, because that's what we do, we're going to guess. So Kunal, here is my guess. The four teams are Haas, Renault, Williams, and I'm thinking Sauber. Well, it's actually tough to think of a list otherwise, because we already know that Gene Haas is yet to commit to Formula One, you know, in the 2020 or 2022 era now. Uh, Renault, they are controlled by the French government. We don't know what, you know, which way they could swing after the virus. Uh, Williams, they've actually got ancillary earnings from other engineering operations and they get bonuses from Formula One. Yeah, but I was wondering, like, what if Williams, they just ditch Formula One uh, and their operations here and focus on their engineering business? Yeah, you never know if that ends up being a business decision for them, right? But uh, lastly, Sauber, they're, they're funded by Alfa Romeo. And we know what's actually happened to the automobile industry, how impacted they are. So if Alfa Romeo sort of stops funding uh, uh, you know, the Sauber Motorsport operations, what would happen to that? It's only anyone's guess. But I don't think that McLaren or Racing Point would be impacted like the other, the only other two midfield teams, so to say. Exactly. And then the other teams in the grid, Mercedes, Ferrari and the two Red Bull Racing teams. So I think it's actually fairly easy to guess the four teams uh, Zach Brown was referring to. Right. And if you guys have another list, feel free to write into us via our Facebook page. But on that note, this is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you next week. Adios. Adios, guys. and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. 
from Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.